the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Creator who is in secret, and your Creator who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may, not, may be seen not by others, but by your Creator who is in secret, and your Creator who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Spend any time in Canada and some things will stick out. For instance, how autumn begins in August. How, coming from Philly, everyone seems suspiciously nice. How you hear terms like double-double to order a coffee, which is two creams, two sugars, and poutine, which is an amazing combination of fries, brown gravy, and cheese curds, a uniquely Canadian dish so common that you can get it at any fast food drive through You will hear the term A all the time, almost like an audible punctuation mark to express all manner of things. And one thing that you will hear almost as frequently as A is the word sorry, which is pronounced sorry. Apologizing is something Canadians do all the time, even without thinking about it. And to explain, there's a short tongue-in-cheek story from CTV News here on the video to explain this phenomenon. Now, a critical look at one of our nation's favorite words. It's not poutine, it's not a. This word is much more Canadian, and for that, we're not apologizing. But CTV's Joe Perkins is. Let me preface this by saying sorry. Sorry, this story wasn't my idea. Sorry, we don't have a better shot to open on. Sorry, I keep saying sorry. I'll stop. Sorry. Well, I'd like to think of our I'm sorry as, as our actual national motto. Oh, Canada, the true north strong and apologetic, where we sell three-season tires 
and then asked for forgiveness. To our U.S. friends, sorry about the name change, sorry about the sarcasm, and sorry we say sorry so much. Apologies. We could have done this, and we're sorry. Are in our blood. I'm sorry. I just, I really feel like I need to apologize to everybody. We make mistakes. I want to make it really clear that I apologize fully. And know the one word that can make it right. The word is, is that you need to say, I apologize. Even if we need to be reminded. Like super, 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 oh, super, Mayor, super sorry. Mayor Ford, please. So sorry. But again, sorry, there's more to this. Imagine being in this massive human maple leaf. Sorry, I just nudged you. Sorry, I stepped on your foot. Excuse me, sorry, can you take my photo? And what I'm sorry is, uh, I think at bottom, is uh, uh, reflective of our obsession as Canadians with, with boundary maintenance, maintaining our physical and our social boundaries with each other. Sorry, he says, is our Swiss Army knife. It does a number of things, none of which are really apologizing. Maybe we can all take a page out of a wedding crasher's playbook. I'm John. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, okay? So as we walk this street, sorry, this is really the only shot we have, it hits us. Why apologize for apologizing? Sorry is our nation's default word, and what's wrong with that? We're Canadian. No apologies necessary. If someone doesn't like it, you know what to say. Joe Perkins, CTV News. Sorry. <laughs> it's really true. They say it all the time. Canadians apologize for no reason, even when they haven't done anything wrong, but simply at the prospect of perhaps, maybe, they have momentarily or potentially inconvenienced you. And this is so different from our culture, especially in Philly, maybe, where we have a hard time apologizing even when we are actually wrong. Canadians may say sorry too much, but I wonder if we don't say it enough. Because it seems that our civic life has become like a pitched battle, where people are dug into their positions so deeply that we have a hard time seeing and listening to other perspectives. We muster all manner of self-justifications rather than admit that, well, we could be wrong, or that things are less black and white than we would like to believe. Ash Wednesday is a day for saying sorry. It is a day of repentance, a day to acknowledge the things that we have done or left undone, things that have hurt others, ourselves, our community, and the things that have disrupted our relationship with God. It is a day of repentance, one of those Christian spiritual practices that we don't talk about as often, but at least feels to me like a healthy corrective to our cur current cultural moment. Here we admit our wrongs, not to wallow in them or to shame ourselves or others, but in order to practice a way of being in the world that acknowledges our faithful and flawed humanity and to recognize the same in others. On Ash Wednesday, we acknowledge the complexities, contradictions, and paradoxes of being human. We will live eternally, and yet these bodies will die and return to the earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. We are infinite, and we are fleeting. As Martin Luther observed, we are both sinners and saints at the same time, capable of so much good and yet capable of doing so much damage on both small and global scales. 
We long for peace and yet veer into violence and war. We yearn for connection and yet sometimes struggle in relationships with those who are closest to us. We want understanding and peace and yet we don't want to be the first ones to lay down our arms. We long to be known and yet we are reluctant to open ourselves up to others. St. Paul summed it up nicely in his letter to the Romans. He says, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Paul and Luther both knew that humanity is a hot mess. And this is actually one of the things that drew me back to the Lutheran tradition, that it acknowledges this messy reality of our lives, and that Martin Luther wrote openly about his experience of this in his own life. But also that our tradition reassures us that it's not by our own power or smarts or works that we are saved, but only by the grace of God. We don't need to earn our salvation. We don't need to prove ourselves worthy of God's love. But really what we need to do is acknowledge our need for it, which is why as Christians we practice things like confession and repentance and lament. These things remind us of our need for God and open our hearts to receive God's grace. Reminds me of a song that our band sings. They say, oh, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. You're my one defense, my righteousness. Oh, Lord, how I need you. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. It is a hard thing to be human. And God knows this because God has seen it all. We see it in the Bible. There's nothing that you've done or thought about or we've done or thought about that isn't already in the Bible. And we see in the Scriptures the ways in which God extends us mercy and invites us to have mercy on ourselves and others. We see how God forgives us and invites us to forgive ourselves and others. Author Brene Brown has a phrase in her book, Dare to Lead, that we use a lot among the church staff, which is, clear is kind. And she says in this book that, So often, in not wanting to hurt other people's feelings, we aren't honest with them, and so we hedge. But she says that lack of clarity does more harm than good. She says that being clear is the kind thing to do, because you love and respect and trust this person enough to be honest, and it empowers the other person to decide how to respond. Ash Wednesday is a clear is kind type of day. In the stark clarity of having ashes inscribed on our foreheads and hearing that we are dust and to dust we shall return, we see clearly our human condition. But we also see clearly God's goodness and love. That though hot mess that we are, God sends Jesus right into our mess and to die and rise again to give us a life full of promise, healing, and hope. Today we say that we are sorry. We are sorry for all that we have done and we have left undone. And this opens the doors of our hearts to experience God's goodness and grace anew and together to find hope for a better world. And so as the prophet Joel writes, yet even now says the Lord, 
Return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Amen.